Hello, everyone, and welcome. I'm Mary Slocum, and this is my podcast. Today, we'll explore mindfulness a bit more, and we'll also talk about meditation and what meditation has to do with mindfulness. You may already be familiar with mindfulness, and even if you are, there might be something new and interesting here for you. Are you curious? Your Mindful Life Podcast. When I first heard about mindfulness, it struck me how the word itself was not very descriptive of what it really is. And you may be wondering about that too. Mindfulness is not the quality of being full of mind. And I'm not even sure what that would be. It is also not about getting rid of all your thoughts. So what is it? Mindfulness is a translation of the word sati. Sati in the ancient Indian language called Pali means present moment awareness. Essentially, I am aware of what's happening in this moment. To get a feel for how it is to be aware of what's happening in the moment, sit down and close your eyes and tune into what is arising right now. You do it this way. As something arises in your awareness, you notice it and let it go. In this way, your awareness is ready to notice the next something that arises. Notice when bodily sensations are arising. Maybe the sensation of the pressure of your seat in the chair or the bottoms of your feet on the floor or an ache in your shoulder or the breath coming in and out through your nostrils. You might notice tension in your gut or sense flowing in your chest. Notice whatever arises and then just let it go. Notice when sounds arise. Maybe your stomach gurgling, a plane or car passing by, a dog barking, your phone chirping or something else. Just notice and let it go. Notice smells arising. Maybe coffee brewing or the scent of hyacinths or seaweed on the beach. Notice when a smell arises and let it go. Notice when thoughts arise, stories, fantasies, plans, or memories. Just notice and let it go. Notice when emotions arise. Maybe anxiety, joy, anger, worry, or contentment. Just notice when an emotion arises and let it go. Open to whatever is arising. Notice and let it go. After you've sat for a few minutes, reflect on your experience. Notice how this exercise required some effort. You had to pay attention in an open kind of way to notice what was arising in each moment. You had to allow each thing to simply come and go without getting caught up in it or pushing it away. How did it feel to do this? It might have felt really hard or awkward, and that's okay. If you're not used to paying attention, 
it can feel difficult and uncomfortable. Reflect without judging your experience. If it felt hard, you might inquire, is there some resistance in me? Is there something in me that doesn't like to sit and be aware of what's happening now? Just listen for what comes up and allow it to be there. Something might reveal itself to you or not. Maybe you felt that nothing was happening. Sometimes nothing is what is happening. Nothing is something, and you can be with this too. Or perhaps it felt pleasant and calming. Whatever your experience, know this. You are now on your way to mindfulness. Mindfulness also means remembering what you are doing in the moment. Oh yeah, in this moment I'm paying attention to my breath. This is at the core of the first meditation practice you do when you're learning to be mindful. In this meditation, you focus your attention on the breath, on its sensations. And when the mind gets distracted or wanders off, maybe to a thought or to an itch that seems to grow in intensity or to the sound of a dog barking in the background, simply notice and return your attention to the breath. It goes like this. Pay attention to the sensations of the breath. Notice when the mind gets distracted. Return the attention to the sensations of the breath. That's it. It's a very powerful practice. It builds your concentration. What you are doing is this. Noticing that you forgot what you were doing, and then you remembered what you were doing, and then you returned to doing what you were doing, and in this case, what you were doing is paying attention to the breath. Got it? The English term mindfulness was first used by T.W. Rees Davids, an English scholar of the Pali language in the early 20th century. Later, it was made popular by John Kabat-Zinn when he developed the Mindfulness-Based Stress Reduction Program back in 1979. Today, the word mindfulness is plastered everywhere as though all you have to do is be mindful or follow these 10 steps to be mindful and everything else will fall into place. This is not true. Mindfulness doesn't change what happens. Good and bad things still happen. And secondly, mindfulness is a state of mind that takes practice to build and strengthen. Mindfulness takes effort. Once you are mindful, you bring it with you to every aspect of your outer and your inner life. What mindfulness does allow you to do is to change your perspective. It allows you to observe what is happening without identifying with it. You are not your thoughts, you're not your emotions, or your aches and pains. And it's not always easy to do this. It takes practice. To bring your mindfulness to life, 
you change your brain, how it responds and how you understand what is happening around you. The brain science around mindfulness is fascinating and growing every day. What is true is that by practicing mindfulness, it becomes the predominant mind state that you bring to everything in your life. It allows you to live a life that is more at ease, especially in our ever more distracted and fragmented world. There is also more to mindfulness than just the mind. There is also the heart. Some even suggest that a better term for mindfulness is heart mindfulness, given that the Chinese and Japanese characters for mindfulness contain both characters for mind and heart. But let's face it, heart mindfulness is a bit of a mouthful, and so there is general agreement to call it mindfulness and to remember that like a bird, Mindfulness has two wings. One wing develops the wisdom of the mind, and the other wing develops the open-heartedness of kindness, compassion, joy, and equanimity. And just as a bird needs both wings to fly, mindfulness needs both mind and heart to fly. Open-heartedness brings you connection, caring, and joy. You are kind, compassionate, and full of joy even when you don't appreciate what someone has done. You don't agree with them or you don't accept their actions. You simply acknowledge that this is a person just like me, with life struggles just like me. Sending kind wishes to this person, may you be safe, may you be well, may you live life with ease relieves the burden you feel, and opens your heart. With practice, you broaden the net of your open-heartedness to all beings, yes, to your dog, cat, or horse, but also to the bears, the whales, the fish, the squirrels, the ants, to all beings, even to the plants. Imagine the joy of feeling care and concern for the majestic bears roaming, the elk, the redwoods, the glaciers, the prairie grasses. Equanimity is the ground on which everything else rests. It helps you to maintain a kind of equilibrium. It protects you from burnout. Are you spending as much effort on noticing joy as you are on noticing suffering? Do you feel that you need to step back and see the big picture? Do you need to take a break from the constant chatter of the newsfeed or social media? Doing less is often more. Equanimity reminds you to keep a beneficial space and notice when you're getting too close and all tangled up or you're pushing something away, or you're running away from it. It allows you to just be. In many ways, it's hard to explain with words, but when you're in a state of equanimity, you just know it, you just feel it. There is no push, 
there's no pull. The heart practices, like the mind practices of open and focused awareness, concentration, and insight, are essential to living a mindful life. And together in other episodes, we'll explore them more. When you are mindful, you are self-aware. And self-awareness allows you to observe your own experience as it's happening. You might also call this observing awareness. It allows you to be aware of your bodily sensations, thoughts, and emotions. You observe what's happening without judging it. A thought arises in your head. Why did you do that? You're so stupid. Being self-aware allows you to notice the thought and allow it to be there. After all, a thought is just a thought. And it also allows you to discern that you're not stupid. That's just a thought. And it also allows you to reflect and ask, how did that action serve me or not serve me? Self-awareness allows you to be non-judging towards whatever is present. Non-judging doesn't mean that all judging is unskillful. It means that when thoughts, emotions, and bodily sensations arise, that you allow them to be there without judging them. There's no reaction like, oh, you're bad, go away, or you're good, stay here. You don't shut the door on them and you don't hold on to them. All experience is welcome to pass through. This power of open observation also allows you to sense how it feels in your body. Maybe joy feels open, flowing, and light. Maybe sad feels weepy or heavy. Practice noticing how what is arising feels in the body. Culturally, we're not used to doing this, so it does take practice. In this way, you get to know yourself and how your mind works. You allow whatever experience is here to be here because you know it doesn't define you, and you don't have to push it away or run away from it. You don't have to cling to it. What you do do is you observe it. You choose how to be with it. You choose to be curious. You choose to investigate. You choose to just let it be here. Meditation is the formal practice that builds and deepens mindfulness. Just like using weights to build muscles, you use meditation to build your mindfulness muscle. Meditation actually changes the brain so you can also think of it as building a new kind of brain power. Meditation is essential to mindfulness. There are many ways to meditate. Beginning your practice with the practice of mindfulness of breath is a highly proven method dating back thousands of years. You can also practice meditating on sounds or tastes or other objects. In this practice, what you're focusing on is called the object of attention. Focusing your attention on one thing 
trains the brain to pay attention to do something without getting distracted. Remember the earlier definition of mindfulness? Remembering what you are doing in the moment. Now don't expect that your mind won't wander off. It will. You will forget what you're doing, and then you'll remember, and then you'll bring your attention back to the breath. This is the practice. The attitude that you bring to your meditation is not one of forcing. Rather, it is one of purpose and curiosity. You could force yourself, like you do when you're not interested in doing something, but you have to do it anyway. You feel obligated. Notice how obligation brings with it a feeling of resistance. Ugh, I don't really want to do this, but I have to. Close your eyes for a moment and remember a time when you had to do something even though you didn't want to. Bring that experience to mind now. Hold it fully for a few moments. Notice how it feels in your body. And notice what thoughts and emotions arise around it. Or you could be purposely curious. As you observe thoughts and emotions passing through, you're curious about their shape, texture, and quality, just as you might be curious about the colors that the painter has put on the canvas and what effect they make. Now close your eyes again. Take a moment and remember a time when you are really interested in or curious about doing or learning something. Hold this experience fully in your mind. Now notice how it feels in the body. And notice what thoughts and emotions arise around it. Now, reflect how did it feel when you were forcing something, when it was an obligation? And how did it feel when you were curious? Just note the difference. When I began my mindfulness practice, I was uncertain how to bring curiosity to my present moment experience. And I found that by making a soft mental note, saying inwardly, very softly, hmm, isn't that interesting, brought my curiosity to life. Even when meditating on the breath, I could be curious about each breath. Oh, this breath is longer. Oh, that one's smoother. This one's deeper, and so on. Being curious allowed me to be more intimate with my direct experience and improved my concentration, and it will do this for you too. When you begin each day, you set a purpose or intention. When you sit down to meditate, set an intention. What's your aim or purpose for doing mindfulness meditation today? Why are you doing this? Take a moment and think about it. Say your intention aloud or to yourself and then ask, why, why is this my intention? 
and answer that. And even ask why again and answer it until you get to the essence of your purpose. Practicing meditation regularly is also important. I'm not talking about meditating for hours, days, or weeks. I'm talking about meditating every day for a few minutes at a time, say five to 10 minutes. And then when it feels like, okay, I can do this, meditate for a little longer, say 20 or 30 minutes. And if one day you only have 20 minutes to meditate, do it. And if the next day you only have five minutes, do it. It's more important to do it every day than to not do it because you tell yourself that you don't have time. I'm too busy is the universal excuse for not doing something because at that moment you feel tired, bored, distracted, or you're not in the mood. Once you become mindful, you notice when the thought, I'm too busy, arises, and you acknowledge it. Maybe you even say inwardly, ah, I'm too busy is here. This is mindfulness in action, and then set your purpose to meditate now. You are choosing to be mindful, and you are choosing to meditate. This week, I invite you to practice mindfulness meditation. If you're already familiar with how to do it, go ahead and do it. And if you've never done it and want to learn, contact me on my website, yourmindfulpractice.com. Yourmindfulpractice, all one word, dot com. And while you're there, sign up to receive our newsletter using the link in the footer. If you enjoyed the show today, subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. As always, I'm grateful for your presence here, and I'm grateful to the people behind the scenes that make this podcast possible. Ali Allen for logo and podcast cover design, Gorgias Romero for theme music, audio engineering and production, and Bill Rafferty for website technical support. Until next time, be well, be mindful. Mm-hmm.